Good morning. Buenos dias. Welcome. Bienvenidos. How good it is to be worshiping together today. Welcome, welcome. Uh, just, I have just a few worship-related announcements. If you're joining us online, if you could type in hello and tell us where you're worshiping from, right into the comments, that would be great. If you're in person, if you could just turn to a neighbor, give a wave and say, hello, howdy, how are you? How good it is to be together here today. Um, just a reminder about masking here at MCCLV. We don't require masks if you are are vaccinated, totally up to you, totally what you're comfortable with. However, if you're gonna sing, and if you're gonna sing out, we do ask that you mask because uh, we've just gotten all sorts of different information from the CDC about that. If you could like and share uh, today's worship broadcast, that'd be so great. That's usually in the bottom right-hand corner. Just click the like button, click the share button. It's okay to take out your phone. If you're here in person, click like and share. We certainly want God's good word to get around and uh, to be shared. Uh, there will be a communion liturgy today. Um, so for those who are worshiping from home, you're online, you can get your communion elements together now. Get your bread, your cracker, your juice, whatever you're using for communion and have that set. And I believe that completes our worship-related announcements. If you could please rise as able. Let's join in saying together the church's purpose statement. MCCLV's purpose is to worship and serve God through acts of justice and compassion. And now let's share a sign of God's peace with one another. For those worshiping in person, turn and give the peace sign to your neighbors. For those who are worshiping online, if you could just type in the word peace or use the peace emoji um, and share a sign of peace with fellow worshipers. How good it is to be worshiping together today.
Last Sunday, we lit the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. Today, we light the second candle, the candle of peace. We light it knowing full well that peace is elusive. And in some parts of the world, it is almost completely absent. Yet in this season of Advent, we trust that God is never absent from us. God is always preparing something new. And even where there is war and discord, whether between countries, within families, or within our own hearts, God is present, gently leading us to new possibilities. Let us pray. Loving God, in this time of preparation and planning, we thank you for the hope and peace you unfailingly offer us. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that comes from justice. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ.
Amen. Well, I think that's just the perfect prayer. That lyric that we just sang, Jesus, take all of me. I mean, that's amen, right? That's, that could be our, our prayer today. Now, for those who are joining worship today online, if you have a specific prayer request, you could just write that prayer request directly into the comments. We want to pray on that, whatever the situation, the circumstance. For those who are worshiping in person, I'm going to pause in just a moment, and we're going to lift up our prayers out loud. Uh, whatever beloved ones we want to uh, lift up to God, again, whatever situation or circumstance. So let's take a moment, let's pause, and let's lift up our prayers. We humbly ask you, loving God, amazing God, keep us alert to you. Keep us alert to your presence and your power this day and every day. There's anyone worshiping today who is hurting physically, who's hurting mentally, who's hurting emotionally. We trust in your healing power, oh God. And we ask that your healing, God, be poured out in abundance on any person in need. For any person who's worshiping today, who's experiencing distraction, who's experiencing a lack of focus, we trust in your help, oh God. We ask for your wisdom and discernment that it be provided in abundance to any person in need. And for any person today, who's feeling lonely or feeling forsaken. We trust in your hope, oh God. And we pray that your peace and your fellowship be made real to any person who is in need. Keep us on track, Lord God. Show us the way, inspire us once again. We want our worship today to be pleasing and acceptable to you. You have wired us for worship, oh God. You've wired our bodies, our minds, and our hearts for worship and praise and thanks to you. We are so very grateful for this time together. And let's all say, amen.
celebrate in the United States uh, that happens around this time and I'm wondering if you might have a guess what that is. No, no it's not Halloween, that's in October. This holiday happens in November. Thanksgiving. No, it's not Veterans Day. Oh, Thanksgiving. I heard somebody say Thanksgiving. And that is a holiday that I was going to talk to you about today. Um, Thanksgiving is just a time that is like giving thanks. There's so much we have to be thankful for. and. People sometimes celebrate that on the holiday in the United States called Thanksgiving. Were you ever thanked for something that you did for someone? It really makes you feel good. You might have helped a friend or maybe made your bed that day and someone says thank you, and you feel good about it. Um, who doesn't feel good if someone says thank you? Well, it sure does feel good to get thanks and to give thanks. Just one day though, Thanksgiving Day, to give thanks to God. Just one day out of the whole year. It's good that we do that on Thanksgiving but we should be thanking God every day, all through the day. There's so much, you can, and it's simple. You can just say, thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for nature. Thank you, God, for my teacher. Thank you, God, for love. Thank you, God, for friends. So many ways, so many things to give thanks for. Let's try to give God thanks more often than we do now. And it's simple. You just say, thank you, God. 
we would like to pray a blessing for you children uh, as we fall into Thanksgiving week or it might have just happened so I'm never really sure when this video will be shown thank you God for children for their energy and their optimism thank you for blessing them and us through this MCCLV worship today please be present in their lives and in their minds such that they grow to know you better and always feel your love we ask your blessing on our children in Jesus name thank you God for Jesus amen my name is Carol and I bring you greetings from MCCLV I give to God through MCCLV because MCCLV uses our tithes in so many good and different ways. It goes to a lot of different things. I had to write them down. We make meals for the homeless. We give grocery store gift cards to those in need. Um, the social justice team supports the LGBTQIA plus people and other minorities by we attend demonstrations and we've also done pride festivals in different places in Pennsylvania. And we help people get registered to vote. And we also help out the kids, the families, and the teachers at Buchanan Elementary School, which is right near us. And there's so many other things too. I mean, it, the money goes to the people that need it and where it is needed. Now, you can give your offerings online through MCCLV's website at www.mcclv.org. You click on the donate button. You can also write a check to MCCLV and then you can mail it to church. And our address is 1401 Greenview Drive in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. 18018. Now, for those who are present in person at church, the Wranglers will guide you through the giving process. God has given us every good thing. Let's return to God a portion of all that God has so graciously given to us. All right, so have a good day. Bye-bye. Love you all. Our first reading today comes from chapter 33 of the prophet Jeremiah. Hear God's word for you. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at the time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and the branch shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it is called the Lord of our righteousness. Here ends the first reading. Our second reading today comes from chapter 21 of the gospel according to Luke. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. 
Then they will see the Sovereign One coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Sovereign One. Here ends today's readings. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Praise God indeed. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. May we be open to your word and your way, we pray. Let's say amen. So we've arrived at the Advent season, and the Advent season is what? It's the four Sundays before Christmas, and it's the time in which we prepare for the coming of Christ. And on the next slide, you'll see the definition. What's, what's the word Advent even mean? Well, Advent is the coming or arrival of something important. So for Christians, Advent is the start of a new year. And remember, we use a different calendar uh, than everyone else. We use something called a liturgical calendar. And so January 1st is actually not the start of the Christian year. The Christian year starts when? Starts today. The first Sunday of Advent is the start of the Christian uh, year. So I like that we measure time differently than the world. Doesn't mean that we're better than anyone, just means that we're different. So Advent, again, it's a time for preparing for the coming of Christ and the advent of God's new age. And throughout many of the scripture readings for the Advent season, there's a call to watchfulness, a call to be alert. In today's reading, what did we hear Jesus say? Be on guard, is one phrase he used. He also said, be alert at all times. Now, alertness is not one of the spiritual gifts that God provided to me. I tend to not be a very alert person. For those who are more alert, you've noticed that I've been preaching today with the Las Vegas Raiders cap uh, on my head. Now, apologies to any Dallas Cowboys fans who are here today. So sorry, not. Um, uh, about the game. Um, But I am a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders. A little bit of trivia, the first NFL football team to have an openly gay football player uh, on their team. Yay. So I wore this hat when I was preparing, when I was helping to prepare, I should say, that's the more accurate phrase, when I was helping to prepare for Thanksgiving dinner recently. And I tend to wear hats when I'm cooking, right? To keep stray hairs away from the food. You're welcome. So um, I forgot to remove my hat. And so for the majority of Thanksgiving dinner, I sat there eating my dinner with my Las Vegas Raiders hat on my head. And it wasn't until dessert 
or that I finally took it off. So even though if alertness is not our particular spiritual gift, we're all still called on to develop the gift of alertness. Because after all, Jesus doesn't condition his phrases today, right? Jesus doesn't say, be on guard, be alert, if you have the gift of alertness. No, that's not what Jesus says, right? He says, be on guard, be alert. So we are all to develop more alertness, no matter if we're gifted or not gifted. And I think part of developing more alertness in our day-to-day lives is, I think this is a major thing, using technology more mindfully. You're not stopping the use of technology, but using it more mindfully. Now on Thanksgiving weekend, I officiated a marriage ceremony for a young couple, and I was delighted because there was a sign as we entered into the ballroom that declared that their ceremony was unplugged. And so everyone was asked to turn off their cell phones, to not take photos or videos during the ceremony so that everyone could be in the moment and celebrate the couple without worrying if they captured the event. Now the couple already had a photographer, so there was no need for the 175 guests to also take cell phone photos. So being alert is not worrying that we've missed something or that we may miss out on something. Being alert is instead realizing that God has us somewhere for a particular reason and we want to open ourselves to the full experience. On this next slide is Father Anthony Christie, and he's a Salesian priest from India, and he says this, being alert is not being anxious. Being alert is what? It's being actively and wisely involved in everything around me that I may live the moment. I like that, live the moment. So when we hear this word alert, we often have one of two reactions, right? Anxiety or dullness, kind of a lack of response. An alert comes on and we get worried, or an alert comes on and we shrug and we say whatever, right? We're surrounded by alerts in our everyday lives. Our phones ping with messages and and notifications, right? About a text or an email or a calendar event or a piece of news. It's hard to sort out sometimes what truly needs our immediate attention and what we can follow up with later. And yet the one thing that we most need to be alert to, the one thing, God, well, we often let those spiritual alerts slide. Now some of this, I will say, is for good reason, because too many of us grew up with a toxic theology of God is going to get you if you don't do X, Y, or Z. And for those who grew up in a fear-based, shame-oriented faith community, Alerts were usually to what? Well, they were to use to coerce a particular behavior, be it purity or giving or obedience to the church rather than obedience to God. So how do we sort out? I think this is an important question. How do we sort out if an alert is from institutional religion trying to control us or if an alert is genuinely from God and is meant to inspire us? in some way. How do we sort that out? I think it's always helpful to return to the words of Jesus, right? And in this passage today from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. 
And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. So the advent of God breaking into the world is meant to shake us up, but in a good way, because we're going to become more attentive to the ways of the Spirit. So when God breaks into our lives, when God breaks into the world, we want to be ready. We want to be ready to receive God's message. And all of that stuff that we worry too much about, we will come through it. How do we come through it? Well, with the help of God and the help of God's people. The money stuff, the thing stuff, the respect on the job stuff, the family dynamics stuff, the relationship stuff. We can give it to God. Or we can hold on to it and let it eat away at us, right? Advent and the coming of Christ reminds us that we don't have to be trapped by the stuff of life. And there are helpful spiritual tools that we may use to break free. Spiritual tools like prayer, which moves us to a place of healing and wholeness and hope. Now sometimes, as I said a little bit earlier, we we have one of two reactions typically to an alert, right? Anxiety or dullness. I think sometimes we become too familiar with things. We become dull to them and unaware of the risks. For instance, car accidents often happen just a few miles from where we live. We're familiar with the roads and therefore we're typically not as watchful. I was just a few miles from my parents' home in Iowa and this was a winter night. This was many years ago, decades ago. And the roads were icy but I knew I could handle it because I had driven on these icy roads many times, uh, many winters in a row. Well, a few minutes later, what happened? I ended up in a ditch. And I was fine, but I needed to walk a very chilly mile or so to a gas station to phone my parents to get a ride. This was before cell phones. And why? Well, because I wasn't alert. I wasn't aware. And I was also overconfident. So anxiety in response to being on alert, uh, or its opposite, dullness, they don't bring us any closer to God. They are a trap that keep us from God. So I do want to share a quick aside here uh, so it's clear that I'm not referencing clinical anxiety or clinical depression. Clinical anxiety and depression are in need of medical attention and professional counseling. At MCCLV, we don't tell people to just believe in Jesus and everything is cured, okay? We believe that Jesus is a worker of wonders. We believe that Jesus is a worker of miracles. And sometimes that miracle for someone with clinical anxiety or depression, sometimes the miracle is God leading that person to excellent medical care. So I just wanted to uh, say that as an aside. So when I reference anxiety, when I reference dullness, I'm talking about the worry and discouragement that most human beings experience during a lifetime, okay? The intermittent sleepless nights, the stress that comes with parenting, the stress of managing a household, the occasional workplace drama, the relationship transitions, the loss of beloved ones, and just sort of random life events. So Jesus, he calls on his followers to be watchful so that they might be open to God whenever and wherever God breaks through to the world. 
So again, being watchful, it's not about being worried, it's about being aware. I love those words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring enough worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. So says Jesus. So watchfulness is about knowing what's going on around us and being prepared for God, whatever our situation, whatever our circumstances. So I think we also have really good words from Jesus today, especially as we prepare to observe World AIDS Day. And when is that? Well, that's coming up on December 1st. That's Wednesday, December 1st, World AIDS Day. And it seems as if the world's response to HIV and AIDS has often been one of two extremes, right? Anxiety or dullness. In the 1980s, there seemed to be so much anxiety about HIV and AIDS. People actually debated about whether or not an HIV-positive teenager named Ryan White should be allowed to attend school in Indiana. There was a lot of fear. And then there was so much loss. Thousands of men were lost from metropolitan community churches. And the MCC denomination, we lost half of our clergy to the AIDS crisis. So as MCC deals with the COVID crisis, we can learn from our past, we can refuse to live in fear. Be alert at all times, Jesus says. The fight against AIDS is not over. In the year 2020, 690,000 people died of AIDS in the United States and around the world. 1.5 million people around the world, including the United States, were infected with HIV. On this next slide is someone named Christine Stegling, and she's the executive director of an organization that's called Frontline AIDS. And just this past October, she pointed out that HIV has been with us more than 40 years now and has no vaccine. And yet we have G7 countries and other world leaders talking about a fund that could strive to develop vaccines in less than 100 days for new viruses that do not even exist yet. Stegling goes on to say that in many countries, the AIDS crisis never ended. The world just stopped talking about it. And she says, as leaders meet to discuss how to prepare for future pandemics, they cannot avoid the pandemics that are already here and creating avoidable pressure on countries and communities worldwide. And she says this, I think this is so important. She says this, we cannot end one pandemic by ignoring another. Powerful words, that's Christine Stegling. Now, sometimes we think, well, AIDS education has been pretty clear and everyone knows how to stop the spread of HIV. Again, I'll repeat, in the year 2020, there were 1.5 million new HIV infections. So preventing HIV and AIDS is a message that needs to be repeated over and over and over again, right? Alert, alert. Not to cause anxiety, and not so that people get tired of the message, but to be watchful and to trust and know that God is breaking through to all people for a healed life. Now, so much of Jesus' ministry, mission, and message was about inclusion, that all people have worth and value, not just a few. I sometimes think that the world shrugs in response to AIDS because it disproportionately affects people who are poor as well as minority communities. And one of the more positive things that has come out of the AIDS crisis is that the gay community, especially in the United States, has stood up 
and demanded to be treat, treated with uh, dignity. Jesus says in scripture today, when these things of the new age begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. God has not given up on any of us. God will never give up on us. God's new age is coming. Christ changes the world. We are all redeemed. Now, it doesn't mean we just sort of hang out and wait and let discrimination happen. Let's remember this. Gay men still have restrictions when donating blood. The Federal Drug Administration continues to hold that discriminatory policy, even though it was recently somewhat relaxed. In light of the COVID pandemic, the FDA announced that instead of one year, if, uh, if a man has sex with another man, he need only wait three months to donate blood. So uh, despite the change, this continues to be what? A ridiculous and discriminatory policy. On this next slide is a fitness entrepreneur. His name is Alistair Nizokio of Highstown, New Jersey. And he also happens to be a former blood technician. And this is what he points out. That whether or not you donate blood, that blood is tested and verified and checked before it's even passed on. Just because I'm a gay man doesn't make my blood any less clean, he says. I think it stems from the 1980s, he says, when the virus first came out, when people didn't really understand it. You're just as likely to get HIV whether you're straight or gay. So thank you, uh, Alistair. If you look on his Facebook page, if you like some beefcake photos, uh, there's, the, there's the place uh, to go. Uh, so also, uh, more seriously, uh, let's, let's do remember this today, that in 69 countries around the world, being LGBT is still considered illegal. Now there is some good news, praise God, that 28 countries in the world recognize same-sex marriages. As of a year ago, 81 countries had laws against discrimination in the workplace based on sexual orientation. Although the United States, remember, is not one of these 81 countries. Remember that in the US, in many places, it is perfectly legal to fire someone from a job or ban them from public accommodation if they identify as LGBT. Although some corporations and states and municipalities have non-discrimination protections, LGBT people have no federal non-discrimination protections. The Equality Act has been languishing in Congress for many, many decades. Back in the 90s when I was advocating, it was called ENDA, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, so uh, we're still waiting for that to be passed. Now some might say at this point, hold up, it is the season of Advent, I don't want to hear any political stuff, I just want to prepare my heart for Christ. Well sure, I get it. (laughs) I want to prepare my heart for Christ also, I want to prepare my heart for the advent of God's new age. I'm tired of living as the world directs me to live. I want to live more like Jesus each and every day. But let's not think that Jesus was not political. Now, Jesus was definitely not political in the sense of being part of a partisan political party. So any talk of Jesus being a Democrat or a Republican, that's ultimately a fruitless conversation. Although I'd be happy to have that conversation with, with anyone, it's ultimately a fruitless conversation. I think we're all exhausted by partisan political fights. We can just take one glance at the news, right? We can be plunged 
into an endless stream of partisan political conflict. So Jesus is political in the sense of advocating for a different system, a different view of who is in charge. For Jesus, God is in charge. Not the government leaders, not the merchants, the religious leaders, not the military leaders. And let's remember this, Jesus was born into a corrupt and broken system. The Roman occupation was heavy-handed. The religious authorities, the business leaders of the day, they surrendered a lot of autonomy to Rome. And Jesus, he wasn't interested in a violent rebellion against Rome. Jesus wasn't interested in starting a war. But Jesus was also not interested in capitulating to the Roman occupation. Jesus was not interested in surrendering his life and ministry and mission and message to Rome. So that phrase, when in Rome, I do as the Romans do, Jesus would not have liked that phrase, right? Right? Rome oppressed Jesus. Rome oppressed Jesus' people. And ultimately, Rome crucified Jesus in a state execution. Rome destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. What did Rome want? Well, Rome wanted everyone to worship the Roman emperor, not God. So let's not be like the Romans, and let's let's not do as the Romans do. Let's not do as the Romans did. Let's not be about power and control and money and prestige and the self. So Jesus was political in the sense of advocating for a totally different system, advocating for a different view of who is in charge, not the Roman emperor. It's God who is in charge. It's God who has ultimate control. It's God to whom we owe our allegiance. So instead it's the kingdom of God. And at MCCLV we use the term kingdom instead of kingdom. It's more inclusive, right? We try to use inclusive language. But I also like uh, the way that it's uh, more horizontal. It's about our kin uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, rather than just being vertical. So we are to develop an alertness. We are to be aware of God's kingdom breaking through in the world. We are to be aware and alert to where people are being loving. We are to be aware and alert to where people are being inclusive. Where in our lives, at work or at the store or wherever, in our families, where are we seeing people being generous? We're to be alert to that. And praise God for that. Where are we seeing people building equitable organizations and communities? That's letting the kingdom of God break through. And I will say this. The kingdom of God, it's not some sort of fiction. It's not a fantasy. It's not a hopeless, lost cause. The kingdom of God is where God wants us to be located. What God wants us to be continually building while we're here on earth, and let's remember this, it's going to extend eternally. Starts here and extends eternally. Thank you and praise you, God, for your kingdom. So let's pray. And Lord God, we want to develop more alertness 
in our lives. We want to be more alert to you. We want to be more alert to your love, Lord God, and your love working through the people all around us. And your love is being poured out on us each and every day. Keep us alert and aware and tuned in to your power and to your presence, Lord God. God, you know how hard it is sometimes to focus, especially in in seasons like the one that we're in. There are so many distractions. And so help us to let go of what we need to let go of in this time. Help us to hold on to what you would have us to hold on to. Help us most of all, Lord God, to focus on you, to center our lives in you, to devote ourselves to building your kingdom. And let's all say, Amen. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. His name is called. God is with us. We lift up our hearts and we give thanks to God for this opportunity to commune with one another and to commune with God. Praise God for the inclusive gift of love and praise God for the gift of Jesus Christ. On the night on which Jesus was given over to suffering and death through the betrayal of a friend, he gathered with a group of disciples. Jesus took bread and after he had blessed it and given thanks for it, Jesus broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. After the supper, Jesus took the cup, and after he had blessed it and given thanks for it, Jesus said, Drink of this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of your sins and the sins of the whole world. Let us take a moment of silent confession to confess to God all we may have done or fail to do to keep in right relationship with God. Let us pray. Bless these gifts of bread and fruit of the vine. We thank you, God, for the forgiveness and joy we experience as we share this holy meal. We receive your never-ending love and healing at this table, and we are grateful. How good it is to commune with you, God. Amen. Our faith is a mixture of past, present, and future. We remember what God did for us in Christ. We experience now the spirit of the living Christ. And we look forward to God's continuing promise to us of growth and new life. And so we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ is dying. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. 
Praise God for this bread for the journey and the cup of new life. Let us now share this meal together. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong Let us pray. We thank you, God, for this time of communion, this time of communing with you and with one another. Thank you for the strength and the healing that we have experienced during this time of worship. And we know, we trust, and we are grateful that you go with us. Amen. If you could please rise as able. Let's join in saying together our commission and blessing. God's presence and promises are real. We go now into God's world, alert to God's never-ending love, and placing our hope in Christ. Amen.
peace to love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen.